0: A lady whose daughter had been murdered and her tragedy was compounded by the fact that authorities had actually closed the case as a suicide. And she didn't believe that the facts really led that direction. And it's amazing. I've worked multiple cases of that happening. It's, um, I think, more widespread than people would realize. And she processed through her own grief through her faith, her own trauma, and she actually became a victim's advocate in a large national organization and worked with other people who had been through tragedies similar to her own. And I asked her how difficult was that for her, that she was basically constantly reliving tragedies so similar to what she'd been through and without any hesitation she said oh it
1: heals my heart you're listening to altered stories with michelle renee gutch
2: hello altered story show listeners this is michelle saunders Gutch, your chief storyteller host and welcome to the altered story show episode 63. Lori's trusting in who God called you to be. God story. And friends, I hope you're enjoying your September month. I so love fall. And I hope you're staying healthy emotionally, physically, and spiritually. And I hope that the Altered Story Show is helping you stay healthy emotionally physically, and spiritually. And I'm excited to share, friends, that the Altered Story Show continues to grow and will be featuring some other amazing God stories this month in addition to Lori's about overcoming cancer and the power of redemption. And so if you haven't subscribed to the Altered Story Show You need to. So do that. Also, I've been blessed to be a guest on several podcast shows recently, including Lori's. And I'd like to give a shout out to Lori. Thank you, Lori, uh, with the Unlovely Truth podcast that's on our show today. And Earl Amin, who is the host of the 2020 Foresight podcast. Stephanie Sage in Kansas City, who's the owner of Sage Restoration and the host of the Stephanie Sage Show, Chip Lutz, host of the Leadership Happy Hour, Lisa Hartwell, host of Journey with Jones Harwell, and the Crown with Purpose podcast host, Danielle Mike Baker, for inviting me to be a guest on their shows. I invite you to check out their awesome podcast and listen to my interview with each of them. So, friends, now let's get this show started. I am super excited to bring to the mic my special guest and new friend that I met through the Spark Media Ventures community, Lori Morrison. And I wanted to give a shout out to Misty Phillips who is the former Altered Stories ministry um, or show podcast guest and founder of Spark Media. Lori, as I've shared, is the host of the Unlovely Truth podcast. She's a private investigator and former paralegal. And she is passionate like me, about her faith and encouraging others. She's also a wife and a mom and a Christ follower. And I wanted to invite you to also give a listen to her episode 35, where she interviews me while sharing Shelly's story. And it's a rough story. I also wanted to share That her awesome podcast is also part of the Spark Media Podcast Network um, and Altered Stories show is part of that network too. So let's welcome Lori to the show. And I'd like to say good afternoon, Lori. Welcome. How are you doing? And thanks for being my
0: guest. I am doing great and I'm so excited to be here. I love what you're doing with your podcast.
2: Well, thank you. And I appreciate it with all the stuff you've got going on and have I just my heart goes out to you and your family and loved ones. But thank you for being willing to take the time out of your busy schedule to bless my listeners. Is there anything else that you'd like to share about yourself, uh, Lori, that I haven't?
0: I just want everybody to know that I am really a very average and ordinary person. I think sometimes when you, you think of private investigators, people think of what you see on TV and uh, really probably any anybody listening could do what I do. I, I hope that uh, maybe some of them will be inspired to.
2: Well, I'll tell you what, I have always thought being a private investigator was so important to you know, cracking a criminal case. I mean, I have been addicted to crime shows a lot. uh, And I've watched them for years and years and years. And, you know, I've always been fascinated, you know, I'm still fascinated about the John Bonet case, you know, having lived in Colorado and what transpired. And, you know, why they haven't cracked that case yet.
0: There's a lot of opinions on that, um, for sure. It's not exactly a textbook case in how to conduct an investigation. But I think a lot of us are fascinated with these types of stories because they're such classic good versus evil type stories. And, you know, if you look at the Bible, there's all kinds of true crime in the Bible. Uh, There's even a serial killer in the Bible. If you go to my website, you can find out more about that. But I think it's just, it's deep inside us to want justice. And so when we see stories where justice hasn't been done, I think we're intrigued.
2: Yes, that is so true. And, you know, there's just, oh my goodness, there's such a need for justice. You know, I know from my own personal story you know, that many have said, well, was the cult leader ever brought into accountability? Was justice served, you know, with what he did to so many, you know, and people, I think that is a godly thing, you know, uh, you know, where we're all wanting to see good triumph over evil right
0: right and i've really learned over the years that there are different kinds of justice i think most of us when we hear that word we think like what you're saying somebody being brought to accountability maybe being arrested being put on trial and if they're convicted serving a sentence sometimes that's just not always possible whether there just isn't enough evidence, whether evidence has been compromised for one reason or another. Um, I, I've seen cases with official corruption. Sometimes the justice that we're able to get is finding the truth and letting families know what that truth is and then telling the story. And so that's one thing I love about yeah. your podcast is you're telling people's stories.
2: Well, I love what you're doing, too. and. One of the questions I always ask my guests is around sharing stories. I would like to know from your perspective, you know, because you are passionate and you shared a little bit about why they're so important. But I'd like to know, you know, what what do you see in terms of the power of story?
0: I think Jesus used it as one of his primary teaching methods because it is so powerful And he was such a master of taking the point that he wanted people to really get and resonate with and using everyday terminology, everyday situations, common ways of letting people really absorb and take in and make that lesson their own. And so I think when we're telling stories like i tell and like you tell someone somewhere is going to recognize a core principle someone's going to resonate with the the person that's the heroine or the hero of the story and that's how we learn and then that's how we get inspired to take that story to someone else
2: yeah it's so fascinating and you know i know you have a really great God story, and your story is trusting in who God called you to be. So can you share where your trusting in who God called you to be? God's story
0: began. I never set out to be a private investigator or a podcaster, and so um, for me, that's part of my God story is that you just, you have to be open for what God has for you. I was working as a corporate paralegal, just doing my thing. My kids were grown and and moving out of the house, and I had some free time on my hands that I wanted to fill and wanted to be helpful somehow. And like you, I've always been fascinated with true crime stories, just the the why did this happen, how did this happen, was justice served. And there had been a story locally of a, a young woman who had been abducted and raped and murdered. And that story always stuck with me. She was about the same age as my oldest daughter. They even had some physical similarities. And so every time that came up, I just, I was drawn to that story. And so as as my girls were moving out, the story was in the news again because the young men who had victimized her were being sentenced. And one particular news story was about a private investigator that the family had hired when the authorities had, had been kind of stumped. And I was just so fascinated with this woman who seemed just like a regular person like me, how she had come in, how she had helped this family. And so kind of impulsively, I uh, just messaged her on her website and said, hi, you don't know me, but I'd like to help. And so she got back to me. We met for lunch. we, We hit it off. And I started just volunteering, doing what I could with my paralegal training to try to help. And the the more I helped and the more we got to know each other, she said, you know, Lori, I think you could do this. I think you should get your license and be a private investigator. And, and that was just a bombshell. I, I hadn't even considered it. And it was just a thought that wouldn't leave me after she brought it up. And I've, I've learned as I've gotten older that that's one way that God really speaks to me is when these thoughts just keep percolating in my brain and I keep thinking well what if I did do that and so I did do that I got my license I became an investigator I started being able to do more which meant I could help more so I loved that and then as we were coming back from an investigation work together we were talking about the power of podcasts for investigators because she had a podcast she used it primarily to uh, drive tips to cold cases she and it, it was successful in that realm and just successful in reaching a lot of people. And so we talked about how, you know, different uses could be made to to help the industry and, and really highlight what private investigators do. And since I'm kind of a book nerd, I just kind of said, well, somebody needs to do a, a, a book review podcast on, on true crime stories. And she said, well, Lori, that's your podcast. And again, you know, a bomb dropped on me. I had never considered it but couldn't let the idea go. And I was talking with a friend of mine. She was kind of helping me think through it. And she said, you know, there's a lot of podcasts out there, a lot of true crime stuff. So to kind of break through the noise, you need an angle that's unique. And I think it's your faith. And she was so right. I wanted to take the two things that I was most passionate about and combine them somehow. And I I couldn't find anybody that was doing that. So I thought, well, Either this is a really great idea or it's really, really terrible, and that's why nobody's doing it. You know, I've been at this almost two years now um, with the podcast, and I've really been so amazed at how God has connected me with people, um, how He's used it to reach people and minister to people. And most importantly to me, people are starting to see that they can use skills they already have to make a difference in this true crime world. That's been my God story is that I didn't see any of this coming. But when God put that opportunity in front of me, I just had to take it, even though I really didn't know what I was doing. He has, has blessed it and has given me what I needed to do what he's called me to do.
2: Yeah, that's so, oh my goodness, so inspiring. And, you know, I just love hearing the blessing you know, that you've received from what you're doing and how you're blessing others. I would also like to know, as you're going through this process, moving forward in this calling, did you experience spiritual warfare?
0: I did. I did. And at first it was kind of things you might not really think of as spiritual warfare, but I certainly do. It was, you know, the doubts. Who am I to try to do this? I don't have the skills. I don't have the contacts. I don't have, you know, whatever. And once we we sometimes call that imposter syndrome, and I think all of us can struggle with that in a lot of different areas. You know, we might be called to lead a Bible study and we think, oh, I don't know enough or I'm not charismatic enough to get people's attention but you know if god has called you to do that he's going to give you those skills and that's what he's done with me i mean i've i've had to step out and learn them of course but he's he's opened those doors for me he's given me the opportunities to learn what i need to learn to connect with who i need to connect with you know once i was able to overcome those then of course the enemy steps it up. If, if he can take you out with the easy stuff, then he leaves it there. But if you're able to overcome that, then it, it gets a little, little more personal sometimes, a little scarier even. With my podcast, I have been fortunate enough to have, um, mostly positive feedback. And then suddenly I was working a case that we were concerned might have some, some occult ties and so i was trying to learn more about that to to be able to to really know what was going on and serve the client well and suddenly on on my my business social media with the podcast on a post that really had nothing to do with anything that this person was commenting about suddenly i got a comment saying that I was a fraud, and that I should not be doing what I was doing, and this person was going to expose me and come after me, and not even God was going to be able to save me. And, of course, that pops up, and it's, it's terrifying. It's a personal attack. It's, it's so in your face, and so it would have been easy to get derailed at that point. And, thankfully, God reminded me, what did i call you to be you're a private investigator you can probably find out who this person is and see whether they're an actual threat or not but trust in me and so i did i i was able to take that that step of faith and trust and obedience and he's honored that he really has so yeah the enemy's going to come after you if you are doing something that is making a difference and You know, not to not to really come down on anybody, but sometimes you have to kind of evaluate and say, if I'm not encountering some difficulties, if I'm not seeing some signs of of spiritual attack, am I being effective? And if I'm not, what do I need to do to change that?
2: I think that there's a lot of us out there that are messaging, you know, really truth and you know, trying to fight corruption and that's, you know, standing in your truth is so critical and, you yes. know, the enemy knows just where to hit us. And so this is really great. I, I would consider wise words of oh, he does. helping maybe listeners today who might be experiencing some warfare in, you know, their lives as a result of what they're doing. And now stepping out and doing what you're doing as a criminal investigator, I mean, that in itself, you can be on shaky ground, right?
0: You can. The key is just being wise. And, you know, James tells us that if we ask for wisdom, God's going to give it to us. And so I try to always ask him how do I do what needs to be done, keeping myself safe, keeping the people I'm working with and for safe? Because it's it's not going to do anybody any good if we work recklessly. Um, not only do you have to worry about personal safety, but you have to worry about the integrity of any kind of evidence that you're uncovering. So you do have to be be wise. I know a lot of times we see on TV where um, investigators are really being kind of reckless and they're telling the people that they're they're after, you know, I know you did it and I'm coming after you. I never tell anybody that. <laughs> I, I want to fly under the radar. I want to um, be as non-threatening as I possibly can because that's that's really where you find things mm. out.
2: It's very good. Very good. Thank you for sharing that. Can you share with my listeners your salvation story?
0: Sure, sure. Um, It's not a very dramatic one. It's, um, you know, I I think we're drawn to those again because they make great stories. Mine's a quiet story. I was um, taken to church as a child um, before I can even remember going. And then my family stopped, so I I wasn't really discipled. I really wasn't learning the word, but they were teaching me to be what society would consider a good person. And so, you know, you grow up in America, was considered a Christian nation, so I, I considered myself a Christian. I believed in God. I knew some of the stories of Jesus, but I didn't have that personal relationship, and I didn't really know I needed it because nobody had ever told me that. But God... It's so amazing, and and he pursued me. I didn't see it at the time, but he would place friends in my life that would take me to church with them. So I was I was hearing more and learning more. Uh, I dated a young man whose dad was a pastor, and so his family was pouring into me. I, I was an athlete in high school and college, and so I was in FCA, really more for the A than the C, but I was getting. That information, I was being surrounded by people who were pouring into me. And then finally, when I was about 23 years old, I realized something's missing here. I've always called myself a Christian and believed that I was, but it was what other people had told me I was. It wasn't what I decided to be on my own. And so I realized I had to make that personal commitment. Uh, even though I'd been baptized as a child, I certainly didn't remember it. I was so young, and I didn't have any say so in whether it was going to happen or not, and so I decided I need to take that that public step of confessing that I had put my trust in Jesus Christ for not only my salvation but for how I lived my life here on earth, and so I was baptized. I started to get more involved in Bible studies, more involved in serving, and so I was learning more, and, you know, it's just, it's a lifelong pursuit. Um, Every time I think, wow, God, you've poured so much into me, he pours something else in, and I'm just, I'm so grateful for that, and I I can't wait to see how I continue, hopefully, to grow as I get older. Yeah, I love that, Lori, because
2: You know, everyone's story is different in terms of how God works in drawing us to him. It's such a personal story. Thank you for that. You know, it's really cool to hear, you know, your growth, you know, and how God continues to work through what it is that you're doing in your life. It's your ministry. I would love to hear how has you, you know what you've been doing affected those that you've been serving in terms of their faith and growth in their faith do you have any stories of that
0: oh i do their stories are so much more powerful than mine um that's why i love to to share not only my own story but others and probably the one that has affected me the most is a lady whose daughter had been murdered And her tragedy was compounded by the fact that authorities had actually closed the case as a suicide. And she didn't believe that the facts really led that direction. And it's amazing. I've worked multiple cases of that happening. It's, um, I think, more widespread than people would realize. And she processed through her own grief through her faith, her own trauma, and she actually became a victim's advocate in a large national organization and worked with other people who had been through tragedies similar to her own. And I asked her how difficult was that for her, that she was basically constantly reliving tragedies so similar to what she'd been through. And without any hesitation, she said, oh, it heals my heart. She had learned that amazing faith lesson that God can bring good out of any situation for those who love him, as she did. And he had brought her to a place where she could take what she had learned in her own personal trauma and help people that were not as far along in their healing journey as she was, and she could make a difference with them. And the fact that that she had allowed herself to be so vulnerable, that she allowed God to use some of the worst circumstances in her life to help others, that has been an amazing inspiration to me.
2: Well, thank you for sharing that. You know, I can only imagine all the different stories that you have to share about your clients and those that you've served and how you've also been able to share your faith, you know, as you've been going through and serving, you know, them in terms of helping them, you know, as victims or, you know, other, however, you know, you are serving them. but. I really appreciate the details that you have provided there. And, you know, I can't only imagine too how difficult it must be not to get caught up emotionally what you're doing. How do you how do you guard yourself from that?
0: That is such a great point. And I think the key is that you just have to be very intentional. There are A lot of dark things out there because we live in a broken world. And this side of heaven, we're going to continue to live in a dark and broken world. And so I have to take time to step back, make sure I'm investing in my own personal growth through Bible study, through quiet time, through uh, being with my faith community, through worship. It, it it's it can be hard to do that because once you get in a case, there are so many needs and the needs are often very immediate, but you have to make sure that you are taking time to do, uh, I know self-care is, is kind of a big secular thing right now. I like to do what I call a soul care. You have to make sure that you are putting on the full armor of God because if you don't, the enemy's going to be able to take you out of the game, and then you're not going to be any good to anybody
2: That is so true, and I love the soul care I think we all as Christians and those in ministry and outreach and all we have, well all we all have to remember that is so important i uh, You hear that a lot a lot of different i guess mental health ways. I really would also like to know for those that may be listening. And have been victims of crimes and are struggling in their faith and have been traumatized. And I know so many women out there who've been, you know, abused physically and mm-hmm. they've been raped, you know, just many that are recovering from domestic violence and, you know, just other, other crimes. You know, I mean, I myself, having come out of a cult, I was so distrusting of any, you know, any kind of uh, spiritual leader, you know, and just others that were in leadership, you know, that, you know, it, it just, I was traumatized from having come out of that experience. It just took me a lot of time, a lot of therapy, a lot of people that God had to come along, bring alongside, you know, me in my healing journey. But I would love to hear from your perspective, for those that are out there right now listening and have been victimized, how could they go about getting the healing that they need?
0: I think counseling is so important. And if you can find someone who is um, trained as a trauma counselor, and we'll give you biblical counseling. Um, I have a an episode and I can't think which one it is off the top of my head, but I interviewed a licensed clinical social worker named Alexandra Thompson. And that is one of her big dreams is to get really well-trained trauma-informed counselors in churches because, um, You know, pastors, they've got so many things that they're supposed to be specialists at. And to expect them to know how to do trauma counseling, you know, that that's a lot to put on somebody. And so getting someone that does actually have that training, I think is really, really important. Support groups are great. You know, go online, see if you have victims of violent crime support groups around you. And if not, See if someone will come alongside you and help start one. Um, I think that's that would be a great ministry for churches to get behind. And really, I think, like I described, uh, the mom whose daughter was murdered, she learned such an important lesson about using when you're ready. You know, certainly don't push it. You've got to heal yourself first. But when you're ready, take that step to help someone else that is not as far in their healing journey as you are. You know God made us to be in community, and I think that helping others heal is a healing bomb for our own spirits um, i I can't tell you how much it lifts me up when I can help a family. How much joy I get when listeners give me feedback that I listened to this episode and I knew someone struggling with that and now I know what to say to them or now I know what direction to point them in. That That's huge, I think. So definitely getting yourself the support you need, but then as soon as you're able, pouring out what you've learned into someone else. I think those are the two keys in dealing with being a victim of crime. And you don't have to be the direct victim. There is such a ripple effect. Family members are affected. Friends are affected. Um, Just your sphere of influence, if you know someone that's been a victim of crime, that's probably affected you too. So, you know, everyone recognizing what needs they have and addressing them, I think that is so
2: important. Yes, I agree with you. And you know what I found this is why I you know wanted to start sharing women's stories of overcoming um, great adversity you know through the power of Jesus Christ and through God coming yes. into their circumstances, but it was also healing it's a healing ministry to those that are sharing and to those that are receiving and hearing the gift of what they're sharing. So it is so powerful. I really thank you for sharing that. And, you know, Lori, uh, I'm sure those that are listening today would love to know how they could reach out to you, you know, even to maybe uh, involve you in, you know, a private investigation case, you know, to, you know, hire you for your services, but also how can they listen to your podcast or how could they you know, how could they um, best get in touch with you too?
0: Probably the most direct way to get in touch with me is just by email, and it's Lori L O R I at theunlovelytruth dot com. You can also go on the website. There are different forms you can fill out if you know of a case that that maybe you think would be good to be featured on the podcast if if you you do have a case where you need someone that has investigation experience. I'm only licensed in one state, but I am always willing to refer to other investigators that I know, and I, I do have a good network, so you can fill out the form on theunlovelytruth.com and I can try to get you some help there. Um, I I love to speak in front of groups, so if you have a, a group and you're looking for a speaker and this kind of topic intrigues you, you can also fill out the speaker form, and people can connect with me on social media, on Facebook, The Unlovely Truth, on Instagram, The Unlovely Truth Podcast, because I really want to encourage people that they can get out of the audience and into the action. We don't just have to be consumers of these stories. We can step into some of them and we can help other people just with the skills we already have. And so if people are ready to do that, just go to theunlovelytruth.com. There's some resources there or reach out to me. I would love to talk with people about this.
2: Thank you, Lori. And you know, there are just two other questions, I promise. <laughs> <That's>... <laughs> When is if you are someone who has observed a crime, what do you what do you recommend?
0: I know it can be scary, but I really do recommend contacting local authorities because so many cold cases where we've gone back and we've re-interviewed witnesses. Or sometimes interviewed witnesses that weren't known at the time or weren't contacted, and they say, Well, I assumed that got taken care of, or I figured somebody else saw what I saw, and they didn't. So, you know, if you have information, it might be that one small piece of the puzzle that makes everything else suddenly make sense. So, even if you think it's small, talk to local authorities. If if you're really afraid, contact uh, a private investigator and see if there'll be a go-between for you with the authorities. But please, if you know something, let someone be aware of what you know. Because so many cold cases could be solved if someone who knows something would come forward.
2: That's such great advice. I think a lot of people needed to hear that because... I do think it's scary, you know, when you see something and with the way things are today, you know, people are afraid, you know, I mean, you see people even on some of the news channels that have, you know, been victimized by criminals and it's right out there on video, you know,
0: Um, and,
2: you know, you know, that's pretty obvious. But I do think it's and you scary. can call
0: Crime Stoppers. Yeah, get, get online and find a Crime Stoppers number. You can be anonymous because a lot of people worry that they'll get hauled into court to testify, and sometimes that's necessary. But a lot of times it's not. Sometimes your information, once they know to to look that certain direction, can be um, corroborated other ways, and so you might not ever have to come forward and tell anybody who you are but let people know what you know so they can take that and hopefully push the case forward. okay um and then this is the last question
2: i promise um because (laughs) i wanted to ask is there a favorite case that you were involved in that really you know you want to end with that really ended inspiring you know you and others and, you know, how God worked in all of it that you might want to share?
0: Wow. Well, I'd love to share all of them because they all have some element of just being so inspiring, but probably the one um, that just jumps to mind first is And you can listen to um, a couple of different podcasts about this case, the Christian Andreacchio case out of Mississippi. It was back seven, eight years ago. A young man um, lost his life and it was very quickly ruled a suicide. The family did not, not believe that. And so they have fought for years to try to get a criminal investigation going. Um, If you, Go wherever you listen to your podcasts without warning and culpable. Both covered this case. And I was fortunate enough to be one of a group of investigators who who helped uh, kind of reinvestigate the case and, and try to jumpstart authorities a little bit. Uh, still working on that. But Christian's mom, Ray, um, her whole f- Christian's whole family, really, but especially Ray, Has just been dogged in her pursuit of the truth and in her pursuit of getting people to do the right thing. In fact, um, her son's autopsy photos were shared online by people who should not ever have done that and probably should not ever have even had them themselves. And she was instrumental in getting a law passed in Mississippi to limit who has access to autopsy photos and what those photos could be used uh, to do or to not do. And so she is an inspiration of someone who just kept fighting, kept knocking on doors, kept pleading her case until she was able to accomplish something that not only will help her family heal, But she's helping so many families of future victims that they won't have to go through what her family has gone through.
2: Wow, that's so amazing and inspiring and such bravery and courage and, you know, to have to, you know, just to have to go through that. But, you know, that's right there.
0: Look up Justice for Christian on Facebook, join that community, learn about the case, learn about the amazing people who have helped her and learn about her amazing family and uh, support yes, what it's she's
2: doing. Admirable. And, you know, what an admirable thing. And I'm sure God is working through her. And, you know, that's where you see something that makes your situation that's tragic and traumatic into something triumphant. You know what I'm saying? So thank you for sharing that. I think that's great to end with. And Lori, thanks again for your time and sharing your God story with my listeners. And I know what you shared today is gonna bless many. And I can't wait to share this episode. And friends, I will have this episode available to listen to on our website and other information that Lori has shared in that page. And so I wanted to just thank you again for listening to the show, friends. And Lori, you go, girl. I know (laughs) if I need a private investigator, I know know who I'm going to. (laughs) Hey,
0: thanks for having me. It's been wonderful. And until the next show, friends, be heard
2: and be healed.
1: Altered Stories Ministry is a faith based, nonprofit, and women's evangelistic storytelling ministry located in Overland Park, Kansas. If you enjoyed listening to today's story, your family and friends would probably benefit from hearing how God works in the lives of women all over the world, too. So please, subscribe to our show and share the link to this podcast. Share it on your social media. We also welcome your valued feedback on our stories. Also, we'd appreciate your prayerful consideration in sponsoring one of our future God-glorifying stories and welcome your tax-exempt financial donation. To find out more on how you can support our ministry, you can log on to our website at www.alteredstories.org.